did how do you even make friends as an adult are, are we adults we'll fact check that later <laughs> <laughs> hey and welcome to another episode of spark for spark i am amy and i am here with rachel if you are just joining us for the first time we are two adults who met professionally and are now becoming friends in real life so we are going on a wild adventure with each other where we are just randomly pulling things out of a jar to ask each other it's super weird now that we've known each other for so long but really don't know like the friend things about it's so weird I like I feel like I know you so well and then we pull things out and I'm like what like what is happening here can we even be friends um, now <laughs> right <laughs> where, where is the line where we're we're just friends and it's now it's just two friends in a podcast <laughs> we'll we'll let you know when we figure it out but we promised you chaos I feel like we deliver every episode um just so that you know if you are listening to the podcast or if you are here with us on YouTube um one of my dogs did have surgery a couple days ago and she's being very sassy about it she's fine but um if you hear a little bit of bashing in the background she is definitely walking into things with her little cone if you are on YouTube we might have another co-star um but please bear with us Pancake is doing her best so without further ado let us get started Rachel what's if you want to say hi, fine, but also what's in the jar. I love when you call us adults at the beginning of episodes. I'm like, that feels like an overpromise. I know it feels like a, it feels like a little white lie. No, <laughs> are we though? Where, where's the line for that? Where's the line where one becomes an adult? I, don't I feel like it's not a real liar, thing, but, um, <clears throat> Ooh, this one says a heart. I don't know why my instinct is like to turn it around. Like, so you can, everybody can see it. Um, a hard thing you had to do. Oh, a hard thing you had to do. It's so hard looking at all of these things in like the context of our whole lives, because I right. feel like, like when I send you things, I have a really specific thing that I think is funny that I want to tell you via some kind of story. Um, and so it's always interesting when something comes out and I'm like, wow, in the context of my entire life, this is a hard decision. I mean, getting dressed this morning felt like a hard decision. Yeah, I mean, I know, well, like, right. Maybe we do need to reach back to a time when things are <laughs> different. I don't know. I think I could name like a thousand things. I think, um, first of all, I think you have to define hard thing, right? So like for me, just a hard thing would be something that was uncomfortable to do, like something that didn't just come easy. There was potentially maybe usually for me, uh, a, a possibility or potential for embarrassment, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. which often just ends up happening for me anyway. Um, <clears throat> but I can remember, um, when I was in high school, actually before I was in high school, uh, my dad was my guidance counselor growing up and, um, he, he was for a long time, K through 12 guidance. And then, uh, as I got into high school, he was just like the, I think maybe middle and high school guidance counselor. Um, but I, back in the day before computers and the real internet, <laughs> um, he had a program on his computer that had like a vast amount of the colleges in the United States um, and like the programs and blah, blah, blah. So a fun thing that I used to do growing up just for kids <laughs> was I would go on and like 
put in my, like, I would put in my interest and blah, 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 blah. And like, see what came up and then go investigate like the different programs, which does not at all, it's not at all foreshadowing for the horror that was my like striving only living in the future self. But regardless, there was one particular college that was only a couple hours away from where we lived, but um, that I just thought I desperately wanted to go to um, because there was a point in my life where I really wanted um, to work in the deaf and hard of hearing community. And uh, they had a really beautiful program for that. And so I was like convinced this was where I was going to college and, um, they were having an open house and the first open house I ever went to there was when I was in eighth grade. So when I didn't even know what like your year of graduation meant. So they're like, go around the group and like, say your name and like your graduation year. I'm like, the hell is that? Like, and then, you know, my dad just leaned over and was like, you're graduating in 2000. I was like, oh, from high school. (laughs) Like, (laughs) because of course, like, when you graduate hadn't even entered my head yet. And so, uh, which maybe it should have if I was at a college. (laughs) But I remember my dad being like, oh, you want to go? Great. Here's the phone number for the person you have to call. You can stand here at my desk and call them and, and like tell, sign yourself up for that yourself. And phone calls have like I hate making a phone call. There's a guy on YouTube right now that does like this anxiety ridden, like calls of different things, like to make a reservation or an appointment. And like, sometimes I feel like he's been watching me my whole life, but, um, you know, then when I had to, it was a hard thing when I had to go to school and do my interview for my ROTC scholarship. Like I knew that I was going to be doing a track for college that wasn't, uh, traditionally one that they would choose somebody for a scholarship. And I had to go in and really sell it, um, which I did apparently. Um, but you know, that I had my son really young and he was very sick and my husband was constantly deployed. So like showing up for hard medical things when you like don't even know, like you've not had to make your own doctor's appointment before. And now you're calling and being like, I have to come in because I'm pregnant, you know, those types of things. And then him being really sick and like being by myself and very young and people having judgment around that. I was probably the reason he was ill, you know, things like that. So I feel like it's just that I feel like my, my life is a series of very difficult things. Series of unfortunate events. But I really, um, I really do believe, I know people say like jokingly, oh heart, you know, that's character building or whatever, but I really do define character building as like doing a hard thing and simply having lived through it. Even if the worst case scenario happens is like really an important lesson. Right. And I'm coming back around as an adult now to, um, realizing I was least happy when I was living inside my comfort zone. And so going back and purposefully doing hard things now is like a different active choice, right? Like before you were doing hard things cause they were, mm-hmm. and now I'm like, well, I probably need to be doing that. So <clears throat> I don't know. I honestly don't even remember the thing that made me put that in there, but I know there was a thing and probably none of those were it. So like, well, put it in again. 
you know, whatever, you whatever. We have to put context on the things. Ask right. me about this, a little reverse Jeopardy here. <laughs> or, I mean, I guess that's literally the way Jeopardy is played. <laughs> like, you were like, or actual Jeopardy. I really didn't watch <laughs> enough Jeopardy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, Maybe that's our problem. <laughs> I just never was homesick from school, I think is the problem. So I didn't end up in the whole Wheel of Fortune thing, like calling in sick was not a thing my oh that's did. so funny my mom like because we didn't like unless you were like actively throwing up which like I have a thing where like I physically cannot do that like my muscles mm. don't agree and so like I might really need to and like the bottom half of my stomach is like okay we're gonna do it heave ho like it just does not the signal does not carry up um and everyone's like oh like that sounds so great like I would love to never be able to throw up you have never needed to throw up and not been able to throw up it is not cool it is not cool (laughs) like I got listeria and couldn't throw up like it was not do not recommend yeah like no that's that's an actual bodily function like that would be like just being like I literally can never poop Or I literally don't, you know, I mean, there are people who can't cry, but like there are bodily functions. Like that's a really necessary. (laughs) It's like a fail safe. So you don't die from, (laughs) it's like, oh, we're just going to send it back. No, it has to make the whole trip (laughs) like pathogens and all (laughs) like, it's not wonderful. (laughs) Boo. Boo. So a story about throwing up will not be your hard thing. I just never stayed homesick from school because both of my parents had to go to school. (laughs) So they were like, oh, you're coming. (laughs) Yeah, I just couldn't muster up the proof that I needed to stay home. Um, But yeah, I think I think thinking about like hard, like same thing, like my whole life, all I do are hard things like my uh, (laughs) it was a rough trip getting here. Okay. Like, um, but one thing that comes to mind is like something hard that I actively chose for myself where I was like, I could take the easy way or I could make a hard decision and I don't know what's going to happen. Um, it's kind of like a compound story. So I moved out like pretty young for Mm -hmm. kind of where I grew up. I was the first one kind of out of the nest. I was, I had like just turned 21. Um, and I moved to, like, I moved from Mississauga, like before Mississauga was cool. (laughs) It was like kind of on the outskirts of Toronto. Um, not kind of where you wanted to be at that time. Um, but I came to Toronto because that's where I worked. Um, I was working at a facility for, um, people with developmental disabilities who are also deaf. Um, so there's only one place to do that here in Toronto. Um, and so I had moved into the city because it was like a two and a half hour commute both ways from where I lived. So I kind of picked myself up, plopped myself kind of 20 minutes away. Um, and I happened to pick a place that was like across the street from my boyfriend. Cause I didn't know a single soul in Toronto. And so I was like, well, at least then I can like go hang out with you. I was really close to this family. Um, and so like, we were on track to get married. Um, like we were absolutely like picking out wedding colors, like naming our children. Like it was just a matter of when is it appropriate for us to do this thing? Um, and what ended up happening was like, I struggle a lot with mental illness and I had like a bit of a snap kind of out of nowhere. Um, and I was really not doing well. So like I was taking time off from work. Like I was like, I'll just like, I quit. I was like, I'm not not being useful here, like find somebody to put in the position that will actually be helpful. And I'll just grab another job. Like that's not going to be difficult for me. Um, kind of in the field that I was working in. Um, and so I was there like in a city where I only knew my boyfriend. Um, I had no job. Like I was kind of cruising on EI. Um, cause I, you know, I fit it cause I fit the qualifications for a disability at the time. Um, and I realized that he was not the one for me. 
And I was like, oh snap, this is like, and his family was quite wealthy. Like I would have wanted for nothing. He was a really nice guy. Like mm -hmm. it would not have been terrible <clears throat> to be in that relationship with her, but it just, right. it was not right. Like I was starting to come into myself kind of as an adult with no one watching. So like I had been a certain way at my parents' house because that was kind of what was required to live there, kind of being out on my own. I expanded a little bit and was like, actually, I think as I'm growing the rest of my brain, um, I don't actually fit here. And this is going to be like settling almost. This is going to be a terrible decision for me. And so I broke up with him <laughs> like, and then lived alone in Toronto with like no human contact except like my therapist for like, it was like six months. <laughs> I was like, mm -hmm. oh, this is, this is really hard um, to kind of get through that. I had to go get another job. Like um, it was like kind of a hot mess, um, but it was the right decision because so many things like clicked right into place that never would have happened if I had stayed. Like I met my husband like six months later. Um, I was in a job for years after that that turned out to be one of my dream jobs. Um, like so many, so many things went well because I picked the thing that was hard. And that's not to say that you should always pick the thing that's hard. Like sometimes the easy answer is the right answer also. Yeah. Um, but I think that was the first time that I had ever like really heard what mm -hmm. I wanted and was like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I have no idea how this actually works. Um, but I bet what's on the other side is kind of going to be better for me. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it does, but it's also part of the benefit of not having your whole brain yet. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Because when now would we be like, you know, it'd be great <laughs> Yep. is if we literally upheave our whole life and just like hope for the best. Like mm -hmm. most of us are not doing that in our, <laughs> I almost called it later adulthood. I'm not willing to say that out loud yet. I'm still early um, adulthood. Mid-range adulthood. <laughs> um, we technically are still in our early adulthood because you don't become an adult. We only feel like we're mid adult range because we were adults since we were like out of the womb. Um, yeah. Born into adults. I feel like that's why we feel yeah. like we're never going to hit it because people keep saying there's supposed to be some change where you become an adult. And I'm like, I've, I've been this way since I was like, same, like since I was like a little kid, Yeah, like, I, I raised my sisters. Like I had so many adult responsibilities, like emotionally and mentally, like I feel like I'm never going to transition into adulthood because it's never not going to feel the same for me. Right. Right. Yes. Robbed of the transition. Boo. Boo. <laughs> I need my little Cinderella glow up. Like I'm an adult now. <laughs> like, where well, I didn't know it was in? supposed to have gotten better. That would have been in. Okay. Well, that's new information. Sorry. <laughs> Apparently my, my next hard thing is that I don't get to have the glow up. I didn't realize we were so um, I have written on this piece of paper, just simply the word jewelry. Huh. Um, I'm sure that this is one of the things that I was like, oh, a favorite, least favorite, a, a love hate. Like I have a weird um, like history with jewelry. Like I just have weirdness with jewelry. Okay. So like, anyway, no, no, you gotta know. go. You can't. Oh, you're like, no, please no. take that one. Um, so one friend thing you do know about me is that I like an earring mm -hmm. and I do collect earrings. Like people collect art 
And um, like I, I own a $16 purse from Amazon. I don't like, I do like a shoe, but since I had gotten kind of crunchy and hippie and looked more into foot health and how it impacts our whole self and the fact that I literally work with injury prevention. I was like, I should probably care about what my shoes are doing to me. Um, I, I, I do only hurt myself on purpose with those, like for special occasions now, as one does. but when I was in high school, um, we had gone somewhere and I think we were on vacation and we were shopping in one of those like teeny tiny little, you know, jewelry places that, you know, maybe we're at the Jersey shore or something. I don't know. And they had like these toucan earrings and they weren't even that big. They were maybe like the size of a quarter or whatever, but they weren't like normal, right. Jewelry. And I was like, now I'm obsessed with these. And I remember like buying them and wearing them and it feeling very exposing to like Mm. be wearing something that people would have a comment on. And of course they did. And especially at my high school, because we're all so cultured there. Um, But like, it was very weird to have people have a comment about something that I knew I really liked. And Mm. so, um, and then my senior year, uh, when I was in my uh, musical for the year, uh, the this poor these two poor guys, kids, um, I both of the guys that I played across from my senior year were freshmen. <laughs> Um, because all of really most of the guys that were in our musicals had been a year older than I was. So when my grade hit, they were like, better go back to the beginning and find somebody else. So like these poor, these poor guys, but the guy who played my husband bought me these really beautiful, um, like blue stone earrings and they were squares and they were kind of like geometric and funky. And he was probably that's not true. My high school boyfriend bought me a couple of really nice things that were, that were special to me. But like, this was probably the first guy that I was like, oh, you get me. <laughs> I was like, you've peaked in, in ninth grade. Don't let any woman ever tell you that you don't know what you're doing. Um, and then I married my husband and maybe engagement rings are separate in here somewhere, but we had a little thing with my engagement ring. I wanted a very specific engagement ring. It would have cost like 260 bucks. It was very small and little. It's not what I got. Um, because that's not what officers wives have. And, um, he was not wrong, but it still was like, I felt very uncomfortable wearing it because I was wearing a lot of money on my hand and that type of money would not have been something growing up in my household that people would have thought was like necessary or like a need, like a a want of that magnitude would have been like, (laughs) okay. Um, but not in an unkind way, just like a, that's not practical. Like Mm -hmm. that's irresponsible, you know? And so, um, but I remember (laughs) Rob's first deployment, um, they had a few, um, why am I stupid today? They had a few port calls and, uh, he brought me home a couple really beautiful gifts that I love. Like he brought me home a very small Persian rug. It has been at the front door of every home we've ever owned. Like 
or, or not owned everywhere we've lived. Um, he brought me a really beautiful, uh, handmade jewelry box from somewhere, but he also brought me two pieces of jewelry (laughs) and one of them was a flat gold bracelet for anybody paying attention. Um, the, like the main jewelry that I wear is almost always silver tone, platinum, white gold, um, as was the engagement ring he bought me. So like, I don't know where that came from. And he also bought me these little, uh, gold stud heart earrings. And not only was I not eight, even though it maybe felt like it because I got married so young, but I loathe heart-shaped jewelry. Like I loathe heart-shaped jewelry. Like don't even play with me. No. And so um, probably because I feel like I've been an adult my whole life and I would have like associated that with somebody smaller. Um, And also my face tells everything. And so I remember him being like, do you like them? And like him not being able to read the room and me really having to make a serious decision, right? Like this is our first Christmas actually together. And I am now about to set the precedent, right? Do I want like a shit ton of stuff I never want to put on my body that I have to wear or do I want to let him know? And I had to really gently like, let him know, like, I love these things mainly because one of them was something I actually asked for the, but like, just no with these. And so like, um, it, it's a thing like for my 40th birthday, I wanted these, um, like big, uh, handmade silver thistle, earrings and Rob is very Scottish, but I also have that area of the world background. And I'm kind of obsessed with like the whole Celtic situation. Um, and so I like desperately wanted them. And I was like, I think I'm just going to order these. And then I'd had another pair that I really wanted and he bought those for me and they came and they were not as advertised. And Mm. so I was like, I'm just going to send these back, which he's accustomed to now. And, but he was like, well, I literally then did not buy you something for, I was like, no, you, I, I got the earrings. I really wanted. <laughs> like, I'm all good, but it really is something that I prefer to pick out for myself. But if I have a friend who likes earrings, I will absolutely send them like an obnoxious earring, even if I'm trying to like get them out of their comfort zone with something. And so I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Oh, have you been on the receiving end of one of those packages? (laughs) The funny thing is though, like, so, so like, yeah, like I totally, so, so for those of you who don't know, I have indeed been on the receiving end of Rachel's amazing earrings. I'm also down for a great earring. Um, the bolder, the better. Um, but like you sent me those beautiful wood ones, which I love so much. Um, and I'm like now buying clothes to be like, what would look good with these earrings? Cause I can't stop wearing them. But you sent me the most adorable earrings and they were those little parasol umbrellas. I love them so much. Like they're my favorite. Like I can't find a spot to wear them yet, but I love them so much. Really? I just thought it was hilarious. I actually have a pair too. Oh yeah, I love them. 
but like I love them so much like I wear honestly I wear them at home just for myself for just shits and giggles because I think they're hilarious I love them they fit my personality so well but like I don't know that I could ever show up to work in them <laughs> and be like taken seriously but I think you? that's not the point of like... them though <laughs> I do truly love them though that's I well, that makes my heart happy. And I actually just, I ordered earrings from that person, which like, I will say that we will do this because I know, you know how, but I really actually, um, uh, it's a, a jewelry person from Toronto and I, I just ordered earrings for myself from them because I just love all of their things. But what I really love about uh, their Etsy account is that there's only like two pages of things. So there's, they're not making like 100,000 different things. You know that the things are genuinely handmade. Like, you know, sometimes when you order something handmade and you're like, So you bought the thing that goes through your ear and you bought the thing that goes on the thing that goes through your ear and you put them together. That's not actually having made anything like like an assembly. Right. Like congratulations on being a singular human assembly line. Like you didn't make any of these things, but like they actually make Mm. their things. And um, I have to be really careful because I'm kind of obsessed with all of the things. But, but they're not stupid because I ordered, I had like eight things in my cart and I pared it down to the one I really wanted for this summer with a particular outfit. And then today I got a 30% coupon in my email from them. And I was like, Oh, you know how to get them, don't you? (laughs) And so, but what I was really impressed with was that the shipping was free to me mm, wow. too, okay. which I was like, am I going to put these in my cart? And then they're going to be like, and $67 for yeah. shipping because yeah. they're coming because I'm ordering them from overseas. <laughs> but, like, but no, it was, I was so impressed and I'm very excited to get them. They will probably make an appearance, but I don't know. Like, I mean, I love to give a small business free advertising. So like, is that a link that we can drop? Like, is this where on YouTube people go like, we'll drop the link in the description. Yeah. I also want the link. So please put it in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> like, please, please send it to me and I will send it to the people. I'm also. kind of obsessed with it. Um, yeah, no, I like for, so, so that was not a sentence. Um, right. For me, <laughs> I kind of landed in the earring camp. Um, just because nothing else fits me. So I mm. have like large bones. Like I am almost 5'10. Um, like I have very long everything, um, but I have very dainty bones. And by dainty bones, I mean like my fingers are like little twigs. Like everybody used to say I had like pianist fingers because they're just so long and they're so like they're just so tiny. I have child size fingers, according to the person who had to resize my like wedding and engagement ring for me. So they brought out like the adult sized ring sizer things and like none of them fit. And she was like, Ooh, I'm going to have to go get the children's one. (laughs) So like she, she told me that the average size for, um, like just the average size for rings is like a seven. I'm a four and a half. My me too. What? Frenzies. (laughs) 
I got this like anxiety ring um a little while ago I don't, I don't know if you can see it but um I got this anxiety ring just to like play with just because anxiety is something that I struggle with um and the reason that I was able to get it was it's self-adjusting so it just like it goes in a loop and its tail just loops around the whole thing and so you just squeeze it and it fits your finger right it was awesome um, but like, other than that, not like, like bracelets don't fit me. Like I always have to get the child size bands. They, for fall my right off your hand. they fall off. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to get like a nice tennis bracelet and look down and be like, oh, <laughs> like, oh no. So, um, like I do a lot of necklaces, mm-hmm. um, but like the, I like having really long hair. And so they're always getting caught in my hair. Um, and so I really do gravitate towards earrings and there have been several women in my life. And now you get to be on that list as well. Um, and they all liked really big, bold earrings. And so like the bolder, the better. (laughs) So as I've kind of grown into my full person, like I've kind of wanted to model what I'm seeing and I wanted to have that big, bold energy, Um, and there's something that we use in my coaching program called resourcing, which is where if you have something that you want and you can't sort of manifest it in yourself yet, you picture a person who has that already and you kind of like, uh, what would carry do, um, Mm -hmm. kind of deal. And you kind of try and embody what they're doing and kind of borrow it from them until you can sort of grow that muscle for yourself. And so as I'm trying to, um, sort of embody all these great coaches in my life who I want to match their energy. And I want to feel confident and comfortable in just sitting with people and holding a space for them. Um, instead of trying to jump in and fix things, um, part of that modeling was I got really into like big, bold earrings. So my favorite earrings are like coral and they're, I might've worn them on one of our meetings before, but like, they just look like tassels. Um, and I get worried about wearing them because every time I wear them, my husband hates them. Like he doesn't like anything that draws attention to a person. He's very like insecure in that way. We're like, I don't want people to look at me. And somehow that is extended to my body as well, which like hell no. (laughs) But every time I wear these tassels, he's trying so hard not to say anything. Like you can just see it like on the tip of his tongue. And he's like, don't do it. Like, cause every time he does it, I cry. (laughs) I love these and I feel so pretty. I'm like, why are you taking that from me? Like keep your opinion here. So you can see him just like white knuckling it, trying to keep his comment in his body which I appreciate yeah Um, but like now I always like second guess when I go to put them on just because I love them so much but like they really do look like you pulled them off a pillow or something they're like literally tassels with like an earring handle (laughs) they're some of my favorites and then I have another one um that's like a it's like a hoop and it's got like little bristles on the bottom um and every time I wear them my husband's like oh like let me go get the little dustpan <laughs> like, or he'll like have some crumbs on the table and he'll be like, Oh, can I borrow your earring? <laughs> like, I'll just sweep that up real quick. So like, <sighs> he'll think so when you come out with one of those and an earring that I sent you, that's a teeny tiny. <laughs> dustpan. <laughs> Don't even try me, sir. Right. <laughs> But like, yeah, no, I I like earrings, especially because like my weight has changed so much throughout my Mm -hmm. life, like through eating disorders and through weird medications, like earrings always fit is the thing. Like they always feel the same. You put them on, they always look the same. Um, So it's also a bit of like a comfort thing where like, no matter what I can put on things that make me giggle and feel empowered and make me feel pretty. Um, And it doesn't matter kind of what my body's doing at the time. Like I still have these accessible to me, if that makes sense. It makes nothing else fits (laughs) total sense because yes, but also 
I, I would love to be somebody that wears necklaces, but because I like really big, like gold jewelry and I am five, one, um, big jewelry, like makes me Mm -hmm. like very dwarfed looking like, I, I don't know that that's not, but, but like this, these can be as big as they want to be. Like, these are kind of dainty for me, mm-hmm. actually. Like, <laughs> but I just got rid of like a whole huge gallon sized baggie of things that I had been collecting forever. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm in a phase now where I would much prefer, uh, to pay just a little more than I had for some of the previous things, still big, like costume jewelry, but like, a little more quality that's going to last, but I had been a part of a, like an earring of the month club, um, that is in theory doing great work, like with the women that they buy their products from and things. Um, but I was finding, uh, the quality to be really inconsistent and, like just in the last, I ended my thing in just in the last month, like six of the things that I had from them pieced out. Oh no. And I was like, I just got rid of all of those earrings. And now these are like unaliving themselves right in front of me. Like, <laughs> I'll literally pick one up and I'll be like, I'm like, no, I'm, so like, I'm trying to be a little bit more <laughs> conscious of like, what I'm, what I'm retrieving. Okay. Oh no. This has a lot of words on it. That always makes me very nervous. It just means it has context. Oh, need that phrases are inside relationship things like inside joke relationship type things. This actually, um, so this was something that was sent to us. Oh, was it like, like an inside phrase or joke or like a phrase you say all the time and why you say it all the time where it came from. Um, so yeah, like this is our first, I should mark on them when somebody sends them to us instead of just chucking them in, but (laughs) that would have taken So we can say who they're from. So we can be like, Hey, yo, this is, this is your thing. We, we got you. Yes. Um, yeah. So so if we don't mention it enough, you guys can absolutely send us questions that you want us to talk about, um, things that you've discussed with your friends that were cool stories um we want to know about you too so if you have a question you want us to answer if you have something that you just want us to talk about it's not even a question like please join in the conversation drop your answers in the comments if you're on youtube shoot us a message um i'll leave our email address in the show notes like let us know like we want to get to know you too yeah so this was i know who sent this in um danielle sent this in um because she specifically had said like funny phrases or like funny things that you say that are like inside things. And then I was like, oh, or like an inside relationship thing. Like that would be funny too. So I stuck that on the end of it, but she was where that idea came from. Hmm. Okay. So well, hello, Danielle. Thank you very much for your question. We appreciate it. Um, funny phrases, like you and I are kind of new. I feel like we don't have a ton of like inside. I mean, we have a ton of, I mean, it'll come, it'll happen. None that I can pull out like on command. Like I know that we joke that the answer to everything is trauma, Um, (laughs) which I mean, is true. It's always in context. (laughs) Like I, like, I agree. It's why we keep jinxing each other. Um, I would say 
one of my favorites that I like, it happened one time by accident years ago, and I still use it to this day is, um, I swear as a first language, like that is my native language. If you haven't figured that out by now, you have not been listening hard enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely trying to keep it in, but I'm not succeeding. I was going to say, or um, we were on a different level of behavior than we were. <laughs> trying so hard. I should get a gold star or cookie or something. Um, but so I have a lot of problems with autocorrect because autocorrect apparently is in like cahoots with my mom and it's like, you should not be talking this way. Um, so one time I was trying to, so I say what the F a lot, because that was a compromise that my mom and I had when I was like, you can't tell me not to sound like the other kids. I, I'm so weird at school. Like, so we compromised on what the F, like, cause she was not going to call, she's not going to keep it from coming out of my mouth. It might as well be something that wasn't going to like get us in trouble with Jesus. Um, so I was typing like years ago, I was trying to type to one of my friends, like what the F and it autocorrected to what the Jeff, like the name Jeff. <laughs> And so from then on, every time I just like message everyone now, what the Jeff, like they know the joke, they don't know the joke. They're getting what the Jeff, <laughs> like no context. Um, but that is definitely one of my favorite, like inside jokes that has like slowly crept out into the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. um, another kind of sweary one was I like worked at Tim Hortons for six years. Like I worked there in high school to save up for university and then I worked there during university to save up for university. Um, and so like, it was a lot, like I started working on my 16th birthday, whole other story. Um, but I was there with like a lot of other kids and like, we weren't supposed to swear either. <laughs> so we kind of like bent over backwards, like alone. So like, we weren't at like a Tim Hortons, like establishment. We were at a kiosk in a grocery store. So there were like two of us max at all times unsupervised. <laughs> like we were really good at our job. We were almost voted the top, um, Tim Hortons in Canada. We almost got to go to like a whole convention thing. Um, like our boss took us out to dinner and stuff. It was super weird. Um, <laughs> like, so like it would be these little teenagers locked in a box together for like eight hours. Um, trying not to swear because people could report us to our boss or the always fresh guy could come in. And if he heard you swearing, like then the whole store was going to get in trouble. And so it became this sort of like acrobatic Cirque du Soleil of like swear words. Um, and one that stuck again to this day is one of the kids um, used to say, holy shabiblets every time, holy shabiblets. And he was like 14. So he wasn't allowed to run the cash, but he was through like the Tim Hortons camp program. And so he got to come um, like just get stuff for his resume, whatever. He was like a functioning team member. He just didn't get to do the money. Um, and so like, it was, it was a very like 14 year old boy, holy shabiblets <laughs> all the time. Um, and so that has also been very much incorporated into my vernacular. It's funny how all my inside jokes are about swear words. Shocking oh my gosh. Fella. Shocking no one. <laughs> this is a surprise to nobody. Um, that's fabulous. My my son actually says of oh, farm animals about everything. And I don't even know why, because nobody's told him he can't say anything. I'm here for it. He's like, I'm like, you're censoring yourself, sir. I don't know. <laughs> Where did you get that impression? <laughs> it wasn't from my sailor mouth. <laughs> um, I do, I have. I have tried not to like swear around my kids, but I'm not going to pretend they don't hear me from the other room because plainly, clearly nobody here is thinking that I'm being quiet. I have like the, the mega most like beautiful, pristine mic. And I'm like, ah! and it, like, there's no, my poor vocal coach. Oh my gosh. She would have a 
thousand medical emergencies. But um, so now, now I'm like, now you're going to hear me go drop into my like, I'm paying attention voice because now I feel like my vocal coach is watching. <laughs> oh, it's totally fine. Um, I'll be like, watch from episode six on. <laughs> but uh, a friend and I had been traveling and I had done some laundry in the hotel uh, laundry room. And I am super anal retentive because the people at my college were jerks. And so like, if your laundry was there 11 milliseconds after the machine quit, your clothes would just be wherever you found them. Mm -hmm. And so, and it was really expensive to do laundry on my campus, like not regular expensive. I used to actually bring it over to my friend's campus to do it on there at their school because it was cheaper. Um, but sometimes he would do it for me. Um, but, uh, we had gone and somebody had like left a note and like taken my laundry and like put it somewhere like in the dryer, but like not had not turned it on. And first of all, I'm to this day, I will die saying the machine had not even quit because I had put the timer on my phone to like head back like five minutes before it quit. Mm -hmm. So I call BS and I was like, what the fuck? First of all, I'm an only child. Second of all, I'm very anal retentive. So like, don't touch my stuff. Right. Just in general, like, please don't touch. Why do you think that's an only child thing? It only gets worse. The more kids who are like, don't touch my stuff. (laughs) Why are you touching my things? Well, but I'm unaccustomed to people like crossing that boundary because there were not people there to cross the boundary. And so I just remember being like, don't touch my fucking underpants. So like forever, she and I used to just be like, don't touch my underpants. Like about when anybody would do something like offensive or like over the line. Um, But uh, also I was in Godspell um, in high school and- uh, the beauty of Godspell is there's like, there's a script, but then there's a lot of just like being able to kind of do whatever you want with the show. And like every show is different. And, um, my mom and I, if we're in church and they have a scripture passage that week, that is from that without fail, one of us will turn to the other and say like, whatever stupid thing our cast had like come up with. And then we will laugh hysterically. And then we will try not to laugh hysterically. And then one of us will either snort or choke. It's like, it just is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually know the person, I know Danielle that sent this in and I am almost certain the reason she sent it is because she and I, when we are like, at our wits end, we will scream. I only have one thermometer <laughs> and it is because, um, she does my reading for like my acting classes or auditions or things like that. Um, audition tapes. <laughs> Lately, I'm not like, so you can't read for me. I've brought my own reader for this audition. Um, but, uh, there was something and I, we were doing something with like 
uh, just parts that only have a couple lines. And like, that's a very specific skill because you don't have a backstory people have written for you and whatever. And one of this like nurses at this like very busy clinics lines was, I only have one thermometer, like essentially like saying to the patient, listen, dude, it is so bad. I only have one, ther- like, this is not an establishment what kind of thermometer it was was it because so, like that'll change the context of that right, statement right <laughs> um but like she and I will just like if we're trying to work or whatever <laughs> I only have one all right all right here we go uno mas okay Um, one beverage at a time or multiple choice of beverages at a time. We also had somebody write in about this. No, I'm just kidding. It was Amy. Because yeah. um, <laughs> I want to know, are we, are we same people or are we different people? Okay. Well, now I'm, now I feel the pressure. Go ahead. Well, are, are you like, how many drinks okay. do you have going at one time? Okay. So generally speaking, I am. I am a one beverage so at a time person. The beverage and then start your next beverage. Yes. However, like today, I was drinking my lunch <laughs> when we came in. So, like, I don't necessarily consider this to be a beverage because it's it was my meal. Um, but since I have been working um, from home at my desk all the time. I always have water on my desk. Mm. I'm not actively drinking it, but if I were to run out of the thing I have, then I need to have it here because I'm not going to get through a session of talking to people, you know, back to back when you've talked to, which is why my vocal coach is like, "Hmm, why are you doing that? Um, you're just a regular person. (laughs) You're just a regular person. Actually, he says to me, uh, we wait until we get paid to use that. So that's just like, we, we only use that voice when we're getting paid for it. Um, and he's not wrong. Uh, but, um, generally speaking, I am a finish the beverage first and move on. Um, like if I have a cup of hot tea, I'm going to drink my hot tea and then I will be done. If I have cold tea, I will drink the cold tea and then be done. But I, I have be friends now then. Sorry. <laughs> if you need to count my lunch as a beverage, you can. Okay. I mean, sometimes if I have an iced coffee, like that had my iced coffee and um, some simple syrup that I made in it. And I'm realizing that um, the simple syrup like makes me super gunky. So mm. you're welcome. And I apologize to everybody listening this particular episode, plus it's allergy season. So I've already blown my nose several times. It's so interactive. Um, but like, I will sometimes alternate between my water. I've noticed now because coffee was not a part of my life for a very long time. Until you met me. Until you. And I was like, we should have, we should share an addiction together. That was true. I mean, it's a little different because my coffee's not actually doing it. The simple syrup is probably doing more peppiness in my body than my coffee is because my coffee is like zero acid, zero caffeine. And you're like, mine's like all acid, all caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, so I, I am a multiple person I usually have at least two things on the go 
but it started after I had my surgery. So I had, um, an endometriosis laparoscopy. Um, and what ended up happening was when they went in there and they did all the nice things, they like twisted my bowel in a freaking knot. Um, and so it's basically wrecked like forever. They can't undo it. And so like, there are many parts of my day that are just like making sure that that functions correctly. Um, and so like, I always have a coffee with my laxative in it. Like, sorry, everybody. <laughs> like I always have my coffee with a laxative in it because I will for sure finish that. Even if it takes <laughs> that I several, will drink. <laughs> well, I'll, I don't mind drinking it as it gets cold. And so I'll just wander around with it all day and then like, make sure that it's empty by the end of the day. Um, but then because I'm getting sick of the coffee, like where I need to take like a different medication or something, then I'll get like a juice because some of the, like I have trouble swallowing really big pills, especially mm-hmm. if they're capsules because they float. And so I find that having something with a flavor tricks my brain into thinking that it's swallowing food. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're in the afternoon and I'm feeling kind of, you know, like, oh, like this feels good. Um, so I'm going to switch to an iced coffee. So I currently have with me my hot coffee. I have my iced coffee and I have my juice <laughs> and I will just wander around switching between them. And as one gets empty, I will refill it. Um, because I have learned that my moods and tastes change throughout the day. Um, and I never finish any of them. I just wander around making new ones. Um, and like, in all fairness, like if I don't finish the juice, I'll put it in the fridge and that right. will be juice tomorrow. So like, it's not wasteful. Right. Um, I'll heat up my coffee again. Like that doesn't do anything to the things. Also don't ever drink coffee at my house. You will get a very unwelcome surprise. <laughs> Heads up. <laughs> Um, the cold coffee is okay though. Um, but yeah, it's, it started like with a really functional thing. And then I really kind of enjoyed being like, Oh, I can, I'm tired of this. Like, I would like to transition to the juice phase of today. <laughs> like, and it's just sitting here already. And it's the same thing. I have like back to back to back clients. And so it's not like I can get up and be like, Oh, like I feel like a juice now. I just bring them all. Um, and unlike you, I definitely go through like three or four sessions without drinking anything. And then like, somebody goes and I have a 20 minute break and I'm just like, all the fluid, all the fluid in my body right now. No, no. See, we're the, that's the exact opposite. I'm like, I drink, 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 drink. And then I have like 11 seconds before my next client comes in and I'm like, get rid of all the liquid, get rid of all the liquid. Like the amount of times there's one particular client, thank goodness I've known her like solidly for a period of time because she knows I am going to be exactly like 90 seconds to two minutes late. It is because I have to pee. It is because I know that she is very generous and kind and will not mind. But also she is at a point where like, if I don't, I'm not going to make it through her session. Like that's where she falls in my day. But like also that (laughs) I'm in there for the two minutes. Cause I have like, I have like three of these in my body. Cause I do constantly. And I'm a water drinker. Like water doesn't bother me. But here is a stupid tip that my grandmother's doctor told her because I also had trouble swallowing pills and you probably, you might already know this. So like just disregard if you do, but because our natural inclination is to like do this to swallow a pill but the capsules float, you're like fighting the situation. So her doctor used to tell her, drink the water, stick the capsule like through your lips with the water in your mouth and then lean over and let it float up and then mm-hmm. swallow like that. And I was like, yeah, I always chin what? down. 
shoot down and it floats. Yep. So, and if you have trouble with like reflux or burping or anything like that, also every time you swallow chin down and then the air will stay at the top and you will not swallow it. Yeah. I had, um, I was in a program once, um, to deal with like one rant, like a random thing that I was having. And they had a pharmacist come in to like talk about medications and stuff. And lots of us in there were having a lot of trouble swallowing our medication because it was new or it was huge. Um, and she was like, you're like, you do not chew your food enough. Like the average person chews three times, which like, no, um, it's not helping your body any, but she was like, if you can take a giant bite of pizza and swallow it, you can for sure swallow whatever medic. I will never give you a medication the size of a ball of pizza. Like, and so like I try and do it flavored and I'm as an adult, very much standing in my kitchen going, you can swallow a whole thing of pizza. Just swallow it. Just swallow it. You can swallow a whole thing of pizza. It's like years and years and years later, (laughs) but I found the flavored stuff helps. And if I'm really having trouble swallowing it, I'll use, um, my husband has like a stove, like a soda stream. Mm-hmm. And so like, I just make it really, really, really fuzzy to the point where it's almost like sizzling in your mouth. And like, he's like, who did this to the water? <laughs> who made the water this way? Um, what but if, way? It's, if it's really fuzzy, I can't even, I can't even sensory, like feel, feel where it is thing in there anymore. Oh, that's like, really oh, interesting. But then you have to burp a lot because you, yeah, I, <laughs> Like I don't generally drink soda because my body doesn't like carbonated beverages. I mean, there were other reasons in a previous life for me that I didn't drink soda, but like now that I will allow myself to have it now that I'm kind of healed with my relationship with food more, like I have to let it go flat. Yep. And like my family's like, don't drink that one. That's the one she put in there. But like, um, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could. I would probably have like some sort of crisis. Yeah, I only do it in emergencies. It's like if I have to like take an antibiotic or something and it has to get in there. Yeah. Like like, I'm the same. I can't do any carbonation. Like what? Like if it like has one bubble, my whole body's like, oh, I'm dying. Like so it's like for literal emergencies. Actual emergencies. We're going to die from something else. My son used to bust in when I would say to him, like, do not come get me unless it's an emergency. And he would bust in and be like, mommy, this is an emergency. So like, if you need to like think in your head, this is an emergency. That's what it is. But very serious question. Do you read multiple books at one time or do you read one book at a time? That depends. What about you? Oh, I can only read one book at a time. Okay. So here's the thing. So here, again, this is situational. So I love learning new things. And so I always have something where I'm like educational on the go, whether that's just like learning a concept or learning someone's theory or learning something like physiological. I definitely read like five different anatomy textbooks, like from cover to cover just for like kicks. Um, that also has context, I swear. (laughs) Um, but so like, I always have something educational and then sometimes I'll have something light. Like I used to do audiobooks when I was marathon training. So I'd have an audiobook going. That's like kind of light kind of pulling me out of like my legs are on fire and I might die in the middle of Mm -hmm. this like valley. Um, so that I always had it going on the go. Um, sometimes I'll have a different one going on the bus just because my educational ones tend to be very heavy. So I'll take something like kind of flimsy and put it in my bag to read during the gym. Uh, or like, sorry, on the way to the gym, 
So like I tend to have a couple of things on the go just because they sort of fill different places. Um, it's the same, like I usually take a really long audiobook when I'm running because sometimes my runs are like three and a half hours. Like I can get through and like also listen to them on like triple speed because I can hear as fast as I can talk. Um, so like I did the entire count, like the unabridged count of Monte Cristo in three runs. Um, so like I can't like, so I'm reading something short because it's for like my book club, right? And then I'm listening to something really long because I'm taking it on runs. And then also I'm trying to, you know, do personal development and things like that. And so I have my educational one. And sometimes I'll just block out time during my day to go walk on my treadmill and update my things for my clients. Um, so I'm very, like, I tend to everything have multiple things on the go. Mm. It seems to be a character trait now that we keep talking about it. <laughs> I just right? like, can't decide and I do everything. I mean, I am... I also, you know, like to just learn things to learn things because I'm, I, I think it's because I'm nosy. Like, I just don't, I just don't appreciate there being information out there that I don't know. Like, you could know. and sometimes it's a catch 22. Cause then when I try and go put things into a thing, it's like, you should know all of this information, mm. but that was probably only interesting to me. So I really only need to give you this information. Um, but when I did my master's, of course, I would be like dealing with whatever I was dealing with in class. But I, that I had had so many years of like personal development stuff because, and like not necessarily great personal development stuff, like kind of shamey personal development Mm -hmm. stuff based on like spaces that I was in and people being like, oh, we're all going to read this shamey, you know, personal development book. So you can all feel terrible and try and do the things the way that my agenda says, I want you to do them because this book will tell you that's what you should do. And that's kind of, and so when, when I read for information, now I only read things that are interesting to me for my information. Mm. And so, um, those feel like fun books to me. But when I got done with my master's, I had decided that for a period of time, I would only read just fun story books and not anything informational. And that did not last very long. Um, Like one book. (laughs) But I also do read very fast. And so like, uh, I had been reading a series and a couple of the books are over 700 pages long. And I started one, one morning, finished it and started the next one on the same day. And Mm. so like, I'm not really ever stuck anywhere for very long. And I actually can't stand not knowing like what comes next. So I, I will stay up until like four in the morning, finishing what I'm reading because I want to know what happens no matter what kind of book it is. And so I feel like I'm never really in it for so long Mm -hmm. that there would be some reason to not, but it also never occurred to me to like not be hauling things that are gigantic and heavy around with me. Like that's brilliant. Now I just feel back problems. That was out of necessity. Like, well, and like I, I don't want to, I don't want to break down and get like, a, I don't want to get a Kindle because I have like, I, I like accumulating things. Like I worked as an archivist. It's the happiest I've ever been. I like taking things and organizing them. I love it. And so I worry that if I had a Kindle, I would just buy like 
thousands of bajillions of books and I feel so much pressure to read everything like mm-hmm. I have a whole bookcase full of stuff like I go through and purge it to make sure that it's all stuff that I want give it to the library whatever but like I will not put something on the bookcase unless I've read it and so there's like a stack of books always that my husband's like why are these on the coffee table like oh my god when are these leaving and I'm like I can only read so fast come on <laughs> well, this is too much pressure. I'm reading as fast as I can. And then like more come. And he's like, seriously, when is the pile on the, like, when is the pile on the table? Not going to be on the table. Like when I go blind and cannot read anymore. <laughs> I really don't like reading on my, like on a Kindle, like on my Kindle app, on my iPad or on my phone or anything. Like it bothers me. I need, like, I want mm. the book in my hand. So I will buy a real book, read it, donate it to the library. And if it's something that I would like to keep for my own informational self or something that I will use for work at some point, then I buy it Kindle Mm. version and put it on my Kindle because I can't across the street from us. So I always feel bad buying things. I'm like, but I like the, I like to dog ear things. Like mm. I will buy it. I would that never, ever do that to a book that I did not own. Like, let's be clear. I do that right. so that I remember like, Hey, like there was an exercise right here. And like, I know that everybody's like, Oh, like, no, you can't do that. But like when I'm with a client, I'm like, Oh, hold on. There's something in this book that will be helpful to us. And I can flip through all the dog ears for like the actual exercises that I think we'll need in the thing and be like, okay, cool. Here's the thing that's going to help us. Yes. Um, like, here's this cool concept that I'm like butchering, trying to explain to you. That's why my books end up looking like this because yeah. that gives me anxiety to think about that. So I started with the post-its. I even have like those little like sticky flags, but they kept falling out of the books. So oh, it was, really? like, after years and cause I use them all the time. And so the glue would just wear down for me flipping through them all the time. Um, I'm trying to think where's the last book that I had from that. Hold on. Oh, here we go. Hang on. Like, I feel you. Like, I have the, where's my camera? I have the, like, like, I do it. Um, But, like, over the years, this used to have hundreds of flags in it because I flag so much stuff. I'm also a compulsive flagger. See, those little ones don't stay. I use these big ones because then I write on the thing, like, what's going on. Or I'll write, like, this page, this page, this page, this page that all go with the page that I said. These will not come off. Like, if you wanted them to come off. You You're like, should it, should have paid more attention when you stuck that there? Like, okay. There, that makes sense. So like, should. so I only do it in like dire circumstances where okay. I know we're going to need this thing. Um, I'm not judging you. I feel really judged. Right? You're like, I'm sorry. This podcast is over. We cannot actually be friends. We are not compatible. <laughs> Next Goodbye. episode. Good how to break up with new friends. <laughs> No, that's internalized trauma for my mother being like, we, this is how we treat books, you know, because like my yeah. elementary school teacher mother was like, this is how we treat books. I think, I think I got that way because I, so, so we'll talk about this. I'm sure, I'm sure this has to be a post-it. Um, or, or a thing <laughs> how could jar. it not? <laughs> this has to be a thing in the jar, but like favorite book ever, Jane Eyre which like my uncle gave that to me when I was like 13 years old and I devoured it. Like I read it at least twice a year, like since I was 13 and that book has just fallen apart. Like it is taped back together because I loved it so hard. Like I still have the original book that he gave me like Mm -hmm. 20 some odd years ago. Um, and I just love it. 
it just, it feels so special and it is totally dog-eared and pages have fallen out and I've taped them back in and like, yeah, I love so hard. And I think that there's certain books that I really like, even just professionally, like they just make me feel such a certain way that I'm just waiting for them to feel like that. Yeah. Kind of like coming home where I'm like, I'm going to dog-ear this and I'm going to whatever, because this is mine and I'm going to like mess it up and write in it. And I can't wait until the pages fall out because I loved it so hard. And I think that that's, where I get into the dog earring. Yeah. Not stuff that I'm like, I can just read this again and find the thing. I'm sure like that's not, it's those ones where I'm like, my heart is in these pages and I cannot wait until it looks as messed up as I do. <laughs> I like that. I yeah. like that. I brought you around. <laughs> yeah. No, I really like that. Are we done? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think we're done. We're done. All right. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs>